if you would have told me in my 20s that I would be very happy and very satisfied, like working in spreadsheets. I mean, I went to school for piano performance and then journalism. But at the end of the day, like, I love making order out of chaos. Like, I like doing the work, you know, no matter what it is. And I've been happy doing so many different things. That's my friend Jamie. We went to graduate school together, and when I got laid off last winter, she was one of the first people I reached out to. See, she's a budget analyst working on a government task force, and that is sort of like a long-term, temporary assignment. So that means, essentially, every time she takes a job on one of these commissions, she knows that she'll be laid off at the end of it. So she has a lot of experience in being laid off, and generally speaking, she's always picked up the next assignment pretty easily. She was originally based in Washington, D.C., like a lot of government workers are, but wanted to get out of the hustle and bustle of the city life. And so she convinced her boss to let her work remotely. She moved to a small town in Texas where she really maximized her income to cost of living ratio. And she settled into the good life. No stress. Or no stress, that is, until it got stressful. I've just kind of been working at these commissions from small town Texas since 2016 at this point, except for one long year plus of unemployment. So the last the last one that I worked for shut down in February of 2021. And then I just kind of, again, was operating, operating under that assumption, oh, another thing will happen, it'll be fine, I'll get picked up. And then just no new commissions started up. So yeah, I ended up a full year of just trying to figure out what came next. At what point did you start to think like, maybe something isn't going to happen so quickly? Like, when did your yeah. sort of mentality start to think like, what well, things aren't like working out? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Where, when did that set in? I think around the six month point, like I had really been thinking like in under six months, you know, I'm going to find something. I knew the local economy wasn't super conducive. You know, if I did get a job here, it would be a drastic salary cut from what I'm used to. And this still is one of those small towns where like everyone knows everyone. And like, I don't think they're hiring anyone from like job postings. I think they're hiring like the girl they went to high school with, you know? So I don't, I don't have those kind of connections in the city because I'm kind of a hermit. So yeah, six month, the six month point, I was sort of like, shit, I've always been able to make it work, but what is making it work look like for me at this point? You know, it. I'm now in my 40s. I have a solid professional resume under my belt. And it's like, how how low do you lower the bar? Because I'm running out of money and I know I need a job. Like, what do I do? Go work at Applebee's? Like, you, you know, that those are the kind of questions I started asking myself. Like, what if something doesn't work out? You know, I, I finally got called in for two really good interviews. And I have never interviewed for a job and not, not been offered the job up to this point. Mm-hmm. So once I got those interviews, I was like, oh, it's in the bag. Like, I'm obviously going to get offered these jobs. And I didn't get either job. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, what? The, the interviews went well. I walked into them confident. I walked out of them confident. And they just didn't come through. I kind of realized at that point, like, I might have to drastically change my life and just be willing to move to wherever, you know, whatever city will provide a job. Yeah. 
did that, uh, everything you're saying is like, so I'm at about six months right now. And I'm like, mm-hmm, uh-huh. I'm wondering okay. if I'm going to work at Starbucks. I get this. Yeah. Um, when you got rejected from those jobs, you were obviously qualified for interviews that went well. Like, how did that make you feel? Oh God. It was devastating for, for a short period of time. I feel like I regrouped pretty quickly. I tried to operate under that mantra of rejection as protection. Like, and if I'm in my heart of hearts, I didn't want those jobs. You know, I didn't want to go into a traditional office nine to five every day. I didn't want to go back to that. I kind of felt like I transitioned to this other thing that works really well for me, like working very alone, very not micromanaged. But I also knew if they offered them to me, I had to say yes, because I was unemployed as hell, you know? I love how Jamie is framing this. Rejection is protection. My husband says a version of this to me every time I don't get a job that I've interviewed for. He says, that wasn't the job for you. But it's nice to be encouraged, but it's hard when you're in this place that Jamie's describing because the job may not be perfect, but also it isn't Applebee's. I mean, no disrespect. Applebee's. There's a lot of value in being honest with yourself about what you want out of work, whether that's money or a title or culture. And if I'm being honest, the jobs I've been a finalist for, there've been a lot of red flags or sacrifices that I don't think I actually wanted to make. But lately, I've not been motivated by the things that I want out of work. I've been motivated by fear. Um, And fear, it turns out, is not your friend. It will steer you in the direction of the wrong destination. So how do I turn it all around? Like, how do I get out of this cycle of interview, rejection, application, rejection, even if all that rejection is really some form of protection? I thought of Queen Oprah, like something that I heard her say on TikTok, where she said, you have to ask for what you want and then let it go. But And then you just have to like meet the vibration of that ask. Like you can't, you can't be vibrating higher or lower than what you actually want. In order to draw the thing to you that you want to come, you can't want it so much that you fear that you won't get it. You must have put it there and then you let it go. Yes. And then you weren't thinking about it every day, every day, every day, because you can't, it doesn't come to you that way. You have to do it and then you have to put it and then you have to meet that vibration. You have to prepare yourself to be there and ready when it shows up. Okay, so according to Oprah, it sounds like I'm just vibrating at the wrong level. You can't want it too bad because then there's fear attached to that want. And fear, as we mentioned, is a shitty co-pilot. It's, it's like you have to ask for it and then just let it go. And then just like, no, you believe you deserve it. And then it just kind of comes to you. Every single person is continually manifesting to the level of their subconscious self-worth. So... If we, when we subconsciously believe we deserve something, we get it. When we subconsciously don't believe we deserve something, we don't get it. Okay, so I have to vibrate at the right level. And I have to believe that I deserve it. And looking back, I can see that in a lot of my previous interviews, either I believed or I let others believe or tell me that I didn't deserve it. And I honestly did not start out that way. Good energy, Becky, the one from the last episode who was really, really excited. I just, I feel really, really excited about um, where I go from here. She had game. She believed in herself. But I guess when you had a high volume of rejection over a handful of months, 
I just slowly seeded the wheel of this journey to fear and uncertainty. And if I want to find that good energy Becky again, I've got to get back in the driver's seat. And if you, like me, are feeling a little low on self-worth after a handful of rejections, here's a quick tip. Chat with people who love you, who know you at your best, because when you're at your worst, they'll usually remind you why you're awesome. Yeah. I mean, you're amazing at everything. I just feel like if you could literally drop Becky Olstad into any office in the country and you would excel. I really don't. I can't think of anything you wouldn't be good at. Oh, friends are the best, really. Like, reach out to them if you haven't talked to your friends in a while. It's really easy to avoid them when you've been laid off, but friends are the best, really. Okay, I am feeling good and worthy of a great job. But there's another part of what Oprah and Jamie are saying, and that is asking for what you want. Here's Jamie. I I started doing this manifestation program, but the messaging really, really resonated with me because I can go pretty woo woo, but like deep down, I am one of the most practical grounded people in the world. Like I can go pretty mystical, but it's got to actually make sense. So I, I, I had been very hesitant to write down exactly what I was looking for in a job because I was, I didn't want to be disappointed. I didn't want, I wanted this to work. I wanted to believe that this manifestation thing was true. And I was afraid that if I wrote down exactly what I wanted, something not as good would present itself and I would have to accept it. And then I would have to be like, well, I guess it kind of works, but it kind of doesn't work. Yeah. So I was hedging. So finally I was like, fuck it. I'm going to write down exactly what I want. I knew I wanted another federal government job at an exact salary, at an exact level, at an exact position. And I wanted full-time work from home. And so like within two weeks, my mom was over at my house and I was sort of telling her about this program and like how it works. And I get a phone call from a DC number of um, the financial director of an agency I had worked with previously. I didn't even know he had my contact information. And he offered me the exact job I had written down on that paper at the exact salary level. And my mom's just sitting there with like her mouth hanging open. Like, what did you, (laughs) did you just get offered? Like everything you just told me you were manifesting? And I was like, yeah. Okay. That's wild. It was so, wild. Was your mouth also hanging open or were you like, yeah, oh, this is how I'm, I'm like, not a surprise. This is how it works. Okay. A little bit of both. Yeah. Like it, it, I got more dumbfounded as time went on. You know how, like when you're in the middle of something, you're not fully processing it. Yeah. Like I hung up the phone and then I'm telling my friends later and they're like, Jamie, that's really fucking weird. Like, do you hear what you're saying to me? And I was like, holy crap. It worked. It, it worked out exactly. I don't know. I'm curious to keep applying this because it's like something about the clarity of writing down exactly what I wanted, like owning it. I I think a little magic came to the picture. Yeah. So I, I want to hone in on that for a second, because I think something I struggle with is exactly that, knowing exactly what I want and being right. able to write it down. So how did you get to that point and that clarity of like, these are the things that I want? Like, how do, how do you know what that is? Oh God, that's such a hard and good question. There's many ways that, you know, people can figure this out, but that was one of the benefits of this program for me was figuring out what you authentically desire. And so they have you do all these journal prompts to figure out what they call your authentic code, which is basically your four primary values. Mm -hmm. And they say, once you drill down on the things that are most important to you in life and like mine is sort of constantly shifting, but the crux of it was like luxury for me, the definition of that is just like being able to afford what I want when I want it. Yeah. Um, luxury, um, 
humor, independence is a huge one for me. So, so once I honed in on those things, I was like, okay, I, I knew I wanted a specific salary. I knew I wanted to work alone in my house. I knew I didn't want to have to relocate because at this point I've got this little family ecosystem here and like yeah. this little house and you know, it's, I didn't want to leave, but then it's like making sure that anything that's offered to you aligns with those values. And I think it's so freeing to realize that like, you could be happy doing a lot of different things as long as you're getting some core personal needs met. Being unemployed sucks. <laughs> I hope it ends for you so soon. And I know it's going to. Well, um, I, I mean, my takeaway here is to get a little clarity on yeah. what that ending looks like, I think, um, and what the right next role is for me, what that means. And so I'm left with a little homework. In order to bring the right energy to my job search, I need to believe that I deserve something great. As hard as it is when you're faced with constant rejection, I have to avoid letting that define me. And to help me find that next thing, I need to get clear on my core values and write it down. And then let it go. Don't hold anything too tightly. Just wish for it, want it, let it come from the intention of real truth for you, and then let it go. On the next episode of Layoff Me, we'll meet Ryan. I have probably technically been fired from a place, uh, but it was deemed a layoff because the reason they were firing me was stupid. Uh, so I still was able to receive severance and whatnot. Um, so you're saying you've been a layoff party of one. Yeah. Yes, that has happened. Exactly. It's a good way of putting it. If you want to follow along, subscribe to Lay Off Me wherever you get your podcasts. And if you are laid off or you want to be, or if you have been and you have advice for me, or you want to tell me your story, you can find me at layoffmepod.com.